Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I am so excited to be sharing what God has laid on my heart today in our series, Emotions, is what we are in currently, and uh, excited about that. Before we dive into that, I just want to share a couple of things. One, I believe that if you are listening to this, to this podcast right now, I believe you are listening for a reason and a purpose. And you are, you are where you need to be currently. And uh, my prayer is that God will give you that reason and purpose and explain to you why you are listening to this podcast right now. Uh, that's my prayer. And the second thing I want to share or ask, actually, is uh, my hope is that we, we can get these messages out to more people, this podcast out to more people. Uh, and so I need your help. I need you to share. Uh, first of all, I need you to like podcast wherever platform you are and, and make sure you're following us. And then two, share it with some other people that you might know so they can hear this message as well. Uh, and love to have some more followers and get the message out even more and more and more. Uh, I believe uh, everybody needs to hear the word uh, of God, the gospel of God. And so I, I would appreciate that. So let's dive in. Uh, I want to give you guys a confession today, um, uh, a confession I, I'm going to tell you very honestly that I, that I know Jesus, I love Jesus, and I faithfully follow Jesus, but I still battle with real feelings of anxiety. Well, I wish that wasn't the case, and I don't know how anxiety would hit you or, or not, but sometimes <clears throat> I find myself with this massive weight uh, of, of my workload uh, and my mind will often lock into all the responsibilities that I have and all the things I have to do. And, and I'll find myself in the middle of this, this trying, this time trying to catch my breath, right? Trying to calm my spirit and overcome this very real sense of, of panic and anxiety. And chances are there are some of you that, that might be able to relate. Unfortunately, maybe even more this year than ever before, right? Because everybody knows that 2020 is the longest year in history. It's like 17 years all in one, right? And so I don't know if you've thought forward or not, but I can guarantee you 2020 is going to become an adjective going forward. People are going to say, do you, do you go, don't go, I'll spit this out. Don't go 2020 on me, right? Don't go 2020 on me or, or you're acting so 2020 right now. And I can just feel it coming because it's it's like the longest year, right? It's it's taken forever. It's just a crazy season wherever you go. And it's no wonder people feel so anxious. Think about this. We are introduced to this mysterious virus that spreads like wildfire, that shuts down the entire world, disrupts everything that you've ever known as normal, add to it massive economic fears, racial tension, political division, biased news, Okay? And I'm not talking just uh, on right or left. I'm talking both are, are, are bias. And, and people have freaked out, right? They're posting all their conspiracy theories online. And it's no wonder that people feel anxious, lonely, unsettled, and, and searching for something that, that feels normal, you know, uh, calm and, and peaceful. Uh, in fact, I read an interesting statistic according to the National Center for Health, and it contrasted the emotional state of people uh, in July of 2019 compared to people in July of 2020. What difference would one year make, right? 
Well, according to the study, in July of 2019, 8.2% of adults showed sign of anxiety disorder. Not just a moment of anxiety, but complete disorder. Okay, 8.2%. You fast forward to this year, in July of 2020, 36% of adults showed signs of anxiety disorder. 36%. That's a huge jump, right? So in this message series, we're, we're calling it emotions. We're looking at some of the emotions that Jesus endured, some of them that he expressed. And so today I want to look at anxiety. As we, as we do, I want to just kind of start by acknowledging that, that anxiety is very, very complicated. Anxiety can be psychological, it can be emotional, it can be situational. Uh, anxiety can even be spiritual. And so when we talk about anxiety, I always want to take a, a holistic approach, okay? Meaning you might want to see a doctor who, who might help you with your diet or, or give you supplements and give you medicine that, you know, if you're sick and those types of things, you, well, you might want to go to a counselor to deal with your anxiety, okay? The only area I'm qualified to talk about is the spiritual side. I'm not a, I'm not a professional counselor. I don't have my PhD in that or anything. And so I'm going to speak from a spiritual perspective, okay, into a very real emotion so many of us are enduring today. And I want to look at how Jesus dealt with anxiety. So as we talk about anxiety as, as a Christian, it kind of raises the questions, some of these questions. If I feel anxious, did I fail God? Am I letting God down? Am I not living by faith? right? Because that's, that's the whole purpose of if I'm not living by faith and I'm not trusting God because I'm anxious about something, is, is, is God going to not like me? Am I letting him down? Is it a sin to be anxious, in other words? I want to say very, very, very clearly, it's not a sin to be anxious, okay? Anxiety is a little bit like anger. Anger in itself is not necessarily a sin. Anger can lead to sin. You know, in the Bible, it says, in your anger, do not sin, just like anger, though, anxiety can and often does lead to sin. But feeling anxiety in a moment doesn't mean you've let God down, okay? We need to get that straight. So uh, it might surprise you when you look at the Son of God, Jesus himself, and objectively observe what he endured, many people would say that Jesus had extraordinary anxiety as he realized what he would have to endure, as he looked ahead to the suffering, the price that he would pay, as he would give his life for us on, on the cross. And so what I want to do today is I want to look very specifically at how Jesus responded to anxiety, okay? And what's interesting is whenever Jesus felt anxious, uh, you know what he did? He, he did what some of you might do. He started talking. Uh, some of you will just talk, talk, and talk, and talk when that anxiety kicks in, kicks in right? That nervousness kicks in. Um, you're feeling worried, that anxiety. Uh, you'll just kind of talk it out, right? Well, whenever anxiety rose up, Jesus talked back. He had something to say whenever he felt anxious. And, and what I want to do is I want to look at how he wrestled with and overcame anxiety. And I want to show you three different places, three different things to talk to, okay, from the life of Jesus in Mark chapter 14. So we're going to talk about how do you find relief from anxiety? How do you find relief from anxiety? Well, the first thing we, we see Jesus do is something you may want to do, okay? And that's number one, you talk to your friends, okay? Whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, whenever you're feeling anxious, whenever you're feeling a heaviness or a weight, it's really wise to talk to godly, spiritual, helpful friends, okay? Because Jesus did the same thing. And so I'm going to give you the context of Jesus' conversation in, in Mark chapter 14. This was after this Last Supper. 
And he was with his life group. That's what it was. He was with his disciples, his friends, okay, his closest friends. And Judas, one of his 12, had slipped away to go and betray Jesus, right? We, we know that story. And so you can only imagine Jesus knew the hurt and anxiety that this would cause. And then Jesus went with his three buddies to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And Jesus started talking to his friends. And here's what he said in Mark 14, starting with verse 32. He says, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to uh, be deeply distressed and troubled. And I, and I also want to point out, I like the way uh, the message uh, translation actually uh, words this, this verse, that last one I just read, verse 33, it happens to be. It, in the message, it says, it says of Jesus, he said, he plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. And so I wonder if any of you have been in a place like that recently, you know, where you felt like you're in this uh, sinkhole of the heart beating hard to catch your breath, sins of darkness and panic all around you. He sank into this dark hole of dreadful agony. Well, why did he do this? Well, Jesus was God in the flesh. Remember, he was human and God at the same time, and, and he knew the horror of what was about to come. Even though he was completely innocent, he was going to be arrested, then tortured, and died by crucifixion, the most painful and completely humiliating way possible to die, right? And even worse, Jesus was perfect, right? He was sinless, and he was about to become sin as the sacrifice for sins. So, so if you can imagine... He's never sinned, right? He's always enjoyed perfect fellowship and communion with his heavenly father. And he was going to become, you name it, you put a word in there. He was going to become rape, abuse, hatred, violence, racism, envy, lying, lust, and the list goes on and on, right? He was going to become those. Holiness becomes filthiness. The one who never sinned became sin, and because of it, his father, who, who he loved and always walked with and talked with, had to turn away. Because of the holiness of God, he could not look upon that. And, and Jesus would cry out, perhaps the most painful of all the suffering. He would say, my God, my God, you know, Daddy, where are you? Why'd you, why'd you turn away? Why have you forsaken me? All this in the middle of that kind of sinkhole, the emotional agony, right? Have you ever noticed how nobody lies like Christians? Nobody lies like Christians. I'm, I'm going to explain. Give me, give me a second here. Hear me out. Here's what I mean. I call it praise the Lord voice, right? You're like, well, some of you will go, how are you doing? And you'll go, praise the Lord, I'm fine. Even though you might not be, right? How are you doing? Glory to God, I'm great. Even though it might not be that greatest day, right? And even if you're not faking it, sometimes you're like, some of you will go, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm fine. You know, how are you doing? Keeping on, keeping on. You know, it's just a it's just a real simple, and we're really not keeping on, keeping on, right? Well, listen to how Jesus shares with just raw, complete, transparent honesties to his friends. Listen to verse 34. Here's what he says. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. He also said, stay here and keep watch. Stay here and keep watch. In other words, I ache so much on the inside, I don't know if I can survive it. That's what Jesus said. He, he said, would you please stay here, keep watch. I need you more than I can describe, okay? He talked to his friends. <clears throat> I believe that one of the biggest reasons that, that so many people are batting, battling with anxiety today is you're feeling anxious because you're lacking community, okay? I honestly believe that. 
There, there's so many people that that you're feeling unsettled, you're scared to death, you're you're vulnerable to whatever the latest rumor of bad news is because you're lacking godly, encouraging, uplifting, spiritual building community from the body of Christ. In fact, I'm guessing it, it's going to take years of study to look back to this season just to to get an accurate an accurate picture uh, of what quarantine isolation has done to the emotional psyche of a of a whole generation. Because if you go all the way back to the beginning of the book, the Bible, the Word of God, in the very opening story, God says it's not good to be isolated. It's not good to be disconnected. God said it's not good that people be alone, right? And who is Jesus, right? He is the incarnation. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel. In other words, God didn't just shout his love from heaven, but he showed his love on earth. He came to be with us. It's the power of with. It's the body of Christ. And that's why the number one most common thing I've heard from people as they've started coming back to to our church after months of isolation, they said, you know, I have no idea how much I miss just being with our people. There's something about the presence of God with your friends. You weren't created to be alone. Jesus, the sinless son of God, says to his friends, I need you. He talks to them and he says, this is crushing me. I don't know if I can make it through this. Would you guys just sit here close to me? Will you, will you pray with me? Will you pray for me? My, my soul is overwhelmed. It makes me feel like I can't make it. Please, 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 just, just pray for me. If you're feeling anxiety, the first thing you can do is you can do what Jesus did. You can talk to some godly people and talk to your friends, okay? The second thing you can do is you can talk to your father. Not just your earthly father, but obviously you can talk to your heavenly father as well. I encourage you to do both, but talk, we're talking about talking to your heavenly father. Let me explain it to you this way. I don't know if this creates anxiety in you, but, but it doesn't me. It really doesn't. It does my wife. My wife does not like this. Do you ever hate when the little red light uh, goes off in the car? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Or like there's that one that has the exclamation point, Okay. Uh, and I, it took me a while when it first came, um, that pops up and it's, it means your tires are low. And for me, uh, when that pops up, I'll go look at my tires and go, ah, I can still drive on those for a while for my wife. Uh, she'll look at that and go, Oh my gosh, I got to get that done right away. And in fact, if that goes off, she'll pull her car up and in, into our driveway on my side of the driveway in front of the garage to make sure that I air it up. So I know that it's, that it's going on. Okay. But you might get a check engine light. Okay, right? The check engine light's the scary one. That's the one that means there's really something wrong, right? That's a signal that there's absolutely something wrong, completely wrong with your vehicle, and you'd be wise to take your car to the dealership, some kind of place to get it fixed, or do it yourself, or whatever it is, but you need to get it fixed, right? As, as quick as possible. Well, guess what anxiety is? Anxiety is a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. It's time to take what's on your mind to God. In fact, Paul says this. He talks about this to the Philippians. He said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, you take your request to God, right? In everything you pray, in every situation you pray. In other words, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And what's on your mind? What's on your heart? Take it to God. If you're worried about your marriage, pray about your marriage. If you're worried about the economy, pray about the economy. If you're worried about the election, pray about the election. If you're worried about your job, pray about your job, right? If you're worried about a decision you have to make, pray about those decisions. You can see the theme here, right? 
If you're worried about your kids going back to school, which some of them have, some of them haven't, some are going back some weird days. Do you know if they're going back Mondays and Tuesdays or Thursdays and Fridays or, or we don't know what's going on, right? And now I'm, now I'm having to homeschool. I'm a homeschool parent and I didn't even choose to do this. Guess what? Pray for your kids. Do you, do you realize that, that, that your kids are going through more than you probably realize? I, I bet you, 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 maybe some of you do, but I, I'll tell you this. I work with the youth also in our church right now, and, and one of the main things they ask for a prayer request, almost all of them, every single Wednesday night is they want prayer for school. I don't know exactly in each one what that means to each one of them, but every single kid talks about, hey, pray for me in school. Okay, it's 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 bother them bothersome to them. Okay, maybe you are uh, worried about somebody getting sick. Pray for that, right? Maybe you're worried about you getting sick, but not really with the virus. Maybe because if you get sick, then that thing gets shoved up your nose and tickle your brain, and it might be coming out the other side, right? <laughs> Pray about that. Okay, if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Okay, what is anxiety? It's a signal or learning you. It's time to pray. Jesus talked to his friends and he also talked to his heavenly father. Let's read on. Look at verse 35. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. And he goes on in verse 36. Abba, father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Let's pause there for a second because here's what I love about Jesus's prayer. It's just honest. Okay. It's honest. It, it wasn't memorized. And in fact, I think one of the bigger mistakes we, we, we make sometimes is by teaching our kids to pray memorized prayers. Like who, who came up with some of the prayers that we teach them? Some of them are, are terrifying. For example, uh, this is a really popular one. I know a lot of people use it, but listen to it as we really say this prayer. Okay. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Kind of like, who came up with a prayer to teach that to a four-year-old? I might die tonight, and if you do, someone's going to take your soul, and you better ask it to be God, because it, it might be on the other side taking your soul where you don't want to go. Like, like who came up with that? Who, who thought that was a good idea, right? It's, it's scary. I get it. I, I, it's true, but, but it is kind of scary. Think about it. You know, Jesus doesn't pray just some God is great, God is good, whatever prayer. He cries out from the depths of his soul. And that's what God wants from you. Peter said to cast your cares upon him just to let him have it because God cares for you. You might just cry out to God. I, I, I don't know how and I don't know what and I don't know if it can take this anymore. But I promise you, God would rather you be honest and unleash on him than be some kind of fake hypocrite and just walk away. He's big enough to handle the hurt in your soul. He already knows, so cast your cares upon him. There's something healing about telling God when you're afraid and when you're doubting and when you don't understand and when you've been upset of the way the things are. He can handle your honesty. You know, pray like, pray like Father, things are falling apart. I'm finding it hard to trust you right now. I can't even catch my breath. Why, why couldn't you? Why didn't you? I know you could and you didn't, God, so where are you? What's going on? Why are you allowing this to happen? I'm, I'm trying to trust you, but I'm finding it really difficult right now. That kind of honesty, that kind of honesty. You know, Jesus himself says, hey, if we, can't, if we can do it another way, my soul is being crushed right now. I, I know what's, what's coming and I don't like it, God. I'm just telling you, if there's any other way, God, 
I'm begging you, can we do it any other way? What are you to do when you feel like the world's closing in on you? Well, you just talk to some spiritual friends and love each other. You experience God with others who know Jesus like you. You talk to your heavenly father, honestly and from the heart. And the third thing we, we see Jesus do when we're feeling anxious is, is you talk to your feelings. Okay, you talk to your feelings. And I know it sounds kind of weird, but hear me out, okay? Because I've got a question. And I, I need everybody to be honest as you're, as, you're, as you're listening to this podcast. Do you all ever else have like these whacked out, jacked up, crazy, wayward feelings every now and then? Okay? All right? We all do. You know, we, we sometimes have these crazy feelings. Well, and you know, people, they're, they're saying when you have these feelings, hey, you know, follow your heart. Trust your feelings, right? Well, I'm here to tell you, don't do that. Listen, if I follow my feelings, I'll be in jail by two o'clock in that afternoon, right? Don't follow your feelings. You are not your feelings. Your feelings are real and your feelings are important, but your feelings are not always true. What you want to do is you want to tell your feelings, you don't get to lead me. You, you talk to your feelings and you speak truth to your feelings. Well, what do I mean by this? Well, you just tell your feeling, you ain't the boss of me. Just because I feel that doesn't mean that is true. And you know that because sometimes you worry about and obsess about things that never, ever happen, right? So you got to talk to your feelings about your faith, and that's exactly what Jesus did. Let's read verse 36 again, okay? Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. And he goes on to say, yet not what I will, but what you will. What did Jesus feel like? He did not feel like suffering. He never woke up saying, I want to be rejected. I want to be abused. I want to be falsely accused. That sounds all great and fun, right? I want to be physically beaten. I want to be stripped of my clothes and, and hung naked and ashamed. And, and I want to pay some price for a criminal. I did a, a crime that I did not commit. You know, I want to be misunderstood. Sounds like a great time. I want to be despised. I want to feel physical pain and emotional distance from my God, right? He never said that. Speak to your feelings. Tell your feelings the truth. Whenever you start to feel like, well, maybe God doesn't love me, then you say, no, 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 that's not true. The truth is God is love. For God so loved the world, right, that he gave his one and only son that whoever who believes in him would not perish but would have, what, eternal life. Whenever you feel like you're alone and nobody really cares, you go, no, 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 that's not true. There are people around me. God has given me the right people, and my God will never leave me, and he will never forsake me. Whenever you start to worry about finances, oh my gosh, there's more month left than money. Well, you just tell yourself, my God is my abundant provider. He will meet all of my needs according to his glories and riches. Whenever you feel like I just can't go on, you just tell your feelings. No, I can do all things through the risen Christ who gives me strength because I'm not a victim. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the words of my testimony. What did Jesus do with his anxiety? He talked to his friends, his spiritual support system. He talked to his father and he cried out to God and he talked to his feelings. Some of you, you've got to tell your feelings to get in line. You know, I want you to align with my faith. I'm not letting you drive me. You're not the boss of me. I'm leading you back to my faith, my faith in God. Here's what's the truth. You know, you tell them that. Here's what's the truth. Although I feel it, it may not be true. Okay. So you got to talk to your feelings. What did Jesus do? He talked to his friends, he talked to his father, and he talked to his feelings. And guess what? It worked. It really worked. 
Think about it. What did Jesus do? He stumbled into the garden, almost unable to stand, under the weight of soul-crushing anxiety. He talked to his friends, he talked to his father, and he talked to himself. And when the soldiers came to arrest him, when they beat him mercilessly, when he faced an unjust trial and he was executed with excruciating pain and the shame and humiliation on a cross, what did he do? He said, no man takes my life. He was resolute, he was strong, he was full of faith, he was determined, he was unshakable. No one takes my life, I choose to lay it down. I choose to lay it down. When he was hanging on the cross and the creation was at at its worst, mocking and spitting upon the creator, God in the flesh, Jesus looked up to his father and he said, Father, please forgive them for they don't even know what they are doing. And he goes on to say, it is finished. I did what you sent me to do. Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. And he gave his life. What Jesus did worked. So how do you deal with anxiety? Well, honestly, it's the same way that I've been dealing with the anxiety that I feel. Because I I, I do love Jesus. I follow Jesus, but I still have been dealing with some anxiety. So I've been talking to my friends. I've been talking to God. And some conversations that I'm having with God might make you blush. Okay, just be honest. And I've told my feelings. You're not the boss of me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, and God has given me everything I need to do everything that he's called me to do. I've been crying out to God. I've been talking to my feelings, and my friends have helped me bring me strength. Paul said this from a Roman prison to the Philippians. He said, don't be anxious about anything, right? Well, we could put some words in there for you. I don't know what it could be, but let's, let's just say, hey, don't be anxious about the virus. Is that too big for God? I don't think so. Don't be anxious about the election. Don't be anxious about the future. Don't be anxious about the decisions your child is making. Don't be anxious about your marriage. It goes on and on, right? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right? Folks, we have to talk to our feelings. We have to talk to our Father, okay? And we have to talk to our friends. That's how we're going to relieve anxiety, just like Jesus did. All right, that concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's talk and a message from through Mark Fort. I appreciate you guys listening in today. Hey, uh, we'd love for you to join us next week. Uh, next week, uh, we, I am taking a break. Um, uh, we'll have a guest speaker speak to you again. And then after the week after that, we'll pick back up with Emotions Week 3. Hey, well, guys, thanks for joining us again. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.